0: Right, go ahead and talk. Mm-hmm. Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you're to listening the to the Word, Word Bros, Bros podcast. podcast. The Word Mr. Accordie Press himself, Scott Bachman. You can find him at Twitter at uh, Scott Scott A. Bachman, B-A-C-H-M-A-N-N. That is Scott Bachman. Scott, hello, friend. How are you, buddy? Doing good. Yourself? I'm well, friend. I'm well. Now, you've been doing comics for as long as I can remember. To be honest with you, I first came across your name um, at the Erlanger library when you were doing things for a book you used to write called my superhero mom, you were doing like a free comic book day or like some kind of event for that book. So you've been at this for, I mean, a very long time, correct?
1: Uh, It's over seven years.
0: Okay. So it's you, so how long have you been working on comics and making books and stuff?
1: Um, I've been making stories pretty much forever but I started self-publishing like seven or eight years ago.
0: Okay. And uh, and what led you to... I have a soft start. That's why it's a squishy date. <laughs> so what led you into the wide, wide world of self-publishing?
1: Oh, you'd think I would know that as an easy answer. Um, kind of web comics was kind of my inspiration mm-hmm. because tech had caught up enough that it was pretty easy to publish online. And a lot of people had made some success out of it. So it was different from having to deal with an entirely print-based world. And comiXology was just starting up not too long after that, which provided another complete digital market. Uh And it made an easier entry point as opposed to trying to get into diamond or something like that.
0: That makes sense. Um, so, you were, so you were web comics first before you ever got into the idea of like publishing paper comics.
1: I've always put my comics out on the web first for free. Okay. And then turned around and printed them later.
0: Now explain to me the world of webcomics because that is something that I, I, I don't want to say I missed completely. There were a few webcomics that I, that I did enjoy that I still do enjoy to some extent. But the idea, the idea of doing a web comic to me always seemed rather daunting in the sense that much like podcasting, your audience gets to expect work every Wednesday at 4.05 p.m. And if it's not there, they're going to be pissed off. So tell me, like, some of the—I um, guess—how did you get into web comics? Like, what are some some of the traps or uh, pratfalls that you can make uh, making web comics? Uh, some of the success stories that you've had personally from web comics.
1: Um, one of the nicest things about web comics is your audience gets to be much larger than your local audience. Okay. Between comicsology and web comics. When I've gone to either of the Coast, I've run into people that know my comic. That oh, that's don't. cool. So that's always been phenomenal. Um, I've made friends around the world via being online. Um, starting out, I didn't do very well on webcomics. Um, I was trying too hard to just take a printed page and throw it up there. Mm-hmm. I eventually learned how to work with it a little better. One of the biggest changes that I made was I took my basic comic page, cut it in half, and started running it Monday and Friday
0: instead of once a week. Okay, now and my it's, audience instantly doubled. Like interesting no change. Double interesting. So, so because I know there have been some web comics that have just posted as much as like a panel per day. Like, how do you decide what? To post how to post, and do you all I feel like you always have to post uh, something like the storytelling feels different because like you always have to post that page turn or that 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 mouse click. Is that something that you found intimidating or did you just kind of you know lean into it?
1: Um, I kind of leaned, leaned into it by by doing half a page at a time, it's basically like writing a full page comic. It, it was enough space for me to tell something once, ah, blah, blah words. You'd think I was a writer or something. <laughs> um, doing a full page gives you a lot of room to talk. Doing a half page, you've got to tighten everything up an awful lot more. Okay. And it made, the, it made the comic a lot more intense because so much more is happening on the page because each half a page is a full story so to speak okay um also by doing it as a web comic you get feedback because you know people can make comments yes and that's very weird to get live comments back on a
0: comic now weird as in like intimidating or weird as invigorating or weird as just weird It's all three. It really just depends on what you're
1: working on. Um, For whatever reason, I attract an audience that when they like it, they don't say anything. When I make a mistake, they're right there.
0: Yeah, you know what? I think that's just audiences in general. Like, if you get too much of feedback on something, you've really fucked up pretty bad. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and if all is quiet on the Western front, then I think things are good, right? Like, that's how I feel about it. Almost everything.
1: Well, and the weirdest thing, they'll go off on the weirdest things. Um, I always try to set my comics pretty close to the real world. Okay. Um and I've done three different series now, and they all interrelate, and I've done a couple novels in that series. So it's all one body of work technically, just one big multiverse. Not a multiverse, but just one big continuity. Okay. Even though they're written for different audiences and have different tones. Interesting. So I know that world pretty well but because it's pretty close to our world, people think they know it better than me. (laughs) And I get into these, most of the arguments I get into are about the real world wouldn't be like that. They wouldn't pass legislation like that, or that's not the way the laws work. I'm going, (laughs) I think I know, but it's, it's what they say is whenever you release a work, it's no longer yours.
0: Yes, that is true. It's it, it it becomes that of the public, and you are no longer in control of it. Which is which is liberating at some extent, but it's also it can be frustrating. We're talking to Scott Bachman. Um, he is a, a writer, web comics uh, provocateur. He is. You've got a Kickstarter coming out too that you're that you're looking to promote here. And you're getting ready to launch a Kickstarter for a, a kids book that you're writing. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, in addition to all the other things I like to make, yeah. I've been doing some illustrated books over the course of years. When I run into an artist, it just depends on the story. Okay. Sometimes I've come up with the story first and found an artist. And other times I've met an artist and go like, I want to write for you. And this particular book is exactly like that. Okay. Um, the artist is Angela Fullard. And I met her while we were both doing an anthology for somebody else. She had roughly the last story in the book. And I had like the third story in the book. And I thought her story really nicely ended the anthology. Uh-huh. It was all about monsters. And uh, so I contacted her because, you know, we're kind of in a group, in a private Facebook chat for putting the book together. And I said, I really liked your work. I loved how it ended. I started checking out her other work and she's got this quirky um, it's not quite paranormal but it's kind of a spooky vibe Okay. But cute. If you could combine cute and the macabre you would get her style. Okay. Um, she's now doing an ongoing webcomic uh, about a girl and an oddling. Oh, fun. That sounds cool. Her oddlings are like demons and fairies but not quite either one they're not really mean but they kind of look like they should be okay okay just just quirky world
0: okay so what is this um this 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 kid's book about now this is like a traditional kid's book in the sense like there's prose and illustration and prose and illustration correct
1: yep all right now what is
0: what is this what is this book about
1: Anthony Fox does not believe in ghosts.
0: Ah, that's a good title. Anthony Fox does not believe in ghosts. Okay. And,
1: of course, he gets haunted, and ghosts try to convince them he should be afraid, and he tries to convince the ghosts that they don't exist. Okay. And he's a very wise fox, and he'll be the first person to tell you that he's a very wise fox. So it's wise guy versus the supernatural. Okay. Okay. And they're incredibly cute illustrations by Angela.
0: They look amazing. I'm on your Facebook page now. I mean, not your Facebook, but your Kickstarter page now. They do look pretty amazing.
1: And there's all kinds of ghosts and and spooky stuff in the background. Uh Uh-huh. Because I know in kid books, I love to find things. Yes. (laughs) So I told her, okay, we're going to walk through the woods, but make sure you put all
0: kinds of scary stuff hiding in the background and just sort of poking. So there's like eyeballs everywhere. That's fun. Is there a midget hanging themselves in the back somewhere? Like in no, the, like in
1: no, the Wizard it's of Oz. that dark.
0: <laughs> now, did you, ever, well, did you ever see The Wizard of Oz and hear that story and try to find it?
1: Yeah, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that was like the, the ghost in Three Men and a Baby. I don't know if you're familiar with that one, too. Have you, have you heard of that one? No, that one I haven't heard. Yeah, there's a, supposedly a ghost at some point in Three Men and a Baby. I guess you can look it up on the, on the interweb or something. But that's neither here, that's neither here nor there.
1: Um, and the Kickstarter is pretty pretty easy to find if you put Anthony Fox into the search. Uh huh. It'll come up. Okay. Um, one of the things I had fun doing is it breaks the fourth wall the entire time. Okay, that's cool the fox is talking back and forth with the narrator the narrator's telling the story but the fox is kind of listening to it and commenting back interesting okay the other characters are in the story and i'm not paying attention to the narrator (laughs) interesting so it has a weird kind of quirky tone it's funny but it's dark um I, I guess the best way to get the humor is if you go to the Kickstarter and just play the video. I had a blast making the video. Okay. Um, took my own voice and did the ghost reverb, blah, 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 all that fun stuff. But I took one of Angela's ghosts, and I ran it through Adobe Character Creator and animated it. Oh, that's fun. So we have the ghost telling the story. Interesting. Uh, I, I probably... I think I spent more time making the video for the Kickstarter than I did writing the original book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny.
1: Um, Angela just threw herself into it. She loved the project. This is the first time she ever worked completely digital. Really? Yeah. Usually she's pen and ink or brush and ink. And for this, She had just gotten a tablet and was starting to work with it. And so this is the first time she ever did anything digital and it's amazing. But because it was digital, if we ever wanted to make tweaks or changes, it was
0: pretty easy to do. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, the illustration looks amazing. Like it looks, it looks really cute and wonderful. So, I mean, this thing looks pretty great, Scott. I think you're on to something really amazing here. Now, like, is there, is there a... Is there a formula you have for writing a a children's book like this? Is it more prose than, than like comic bubbles, if you will, than balloons? Or how how did you go about writing this thing?
1: Um, When I go illustrated books, I usually, I've done every one of them slightly differently. Okay. The only, the only rule that I make is the art gets a full page and I'm not putting words over the art because I hate it. Okay. I just feel terrible to do a beautiful picture book and cover it up with words.
0: That makes sense. It's hard enough
1: to do in comics. (laughs) Because I do the lettering in my own comics, and I'm like, I don't want to cover it up. I made too many words, I'll just shove it up. I'll just cut the words out.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: But uh, this is the third book I've done like this, and it just flowed really nicely. Um, I kind of had the voice for the fox in my head from the very beginning, because I looked at Angela's work and I knew I wanted to do some kind of ghost story. And it popped in my head: the main character is not going to believe in ghosts, and so it's an instant conflict. I don't know where the fox part came in, but as soon as as soon as it was a very wise fox, I knew he had to be a smart aleck. Yes. And it was far more, and as I was writing it, it really became the narrator and, and me and the fox arguing back and forth.
0: Okay, 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 all right, that sounds interesting.
1: The character took over completely. Um, I had to have a sidekick in the beginning to help tell what's going on, so I introduced Scaredy the Cat. Okay. And give you an idea, the tone of the book is, is introduced as Scaredy the Cat, the very well-named cat. And every picture you see him, he looks terrified.
0: <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's what you're
1: going for when you're Absolutely. scaring the cat. Yes. I mean, if if you're going to hey, have a Dickson, Dickinsonian, how do you say that? Yeah, I, think
0: Dick, I think Dickinsonian was good. Dickinsonian, they lean into it. Yeah, you might as well. You might as well just go for it. Um,
1: it is a little dark, but it's funny at the same time. Okay. Like uh you find out the ghost was actually he—he he tells you right up he used to be a deer and a hunter killed him. Oh wow! Okay, all right. Now so you're you're just going right for it then? Going right for it, and he scares. His job now is to scare every human out of the forest. Interesting. Okay. And uh Anthony goes like, "I'm not a human.
0: <laughs> Why you bothering me?" See so, you now I would think Anthony would want to keep um the ghost would want to keep all the animals out of the forest so he didn't get shot so they didn't get shot by the hunters but he just I, wanna... I didn't go that deep philosophically <laughs> okay but he wants to keep all the animals out then okay that's cool too I'm down with that all right all right he wants to keep all the hunters out of the woods so they don't shoot animals I'm totally down with that
1: so uh, it it gets a little bit dark but it's it's played in such a light tone um it's kind of like the adams not the Adams family, even though that fits, but uh the original adams family cartoons, okay, not the cartoons but the illustrated drawings yes there's a there's a long tradition of telling dark stories, but cute, yes, and people well i mean, don't do,
0: well, I mean think about, think about well, think about all the Disney cartoons and all the Disney movies, like every parent dies. I mean, that's like the that's the Disney movie trope. Like, right. you know, in Dumbo, the family separated, and Bambi, the mother dies. I mean, it just happens in every Disney movie, you know. So a lot, a lot of the Disney films, which are for kids, are rather dark.
1: And that's and that's what I kind of I didn't quite lean into it, but that's that's why I didn't hesitate in anything that I was telling in a story, because. Kids can take a lot more than we give them.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: And they know when you're talking down to them or trying to be too cute. Yes. Um, I think I had a point with that and I just completely lost it.
0: I mean, I think it is a good point though. Like, I think you're doing a good job with this. You're not underestimating the intelligence and um, uh, I guess uh, maturity of your audience if you will. Exactly. Um, I
1: tried to keep from using $10 words when a $1 word would do. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I don't shy away from being a little complicated. I think, I think kids like to be challenged, but things can also work at multiple levels. They yes. don't have, you don't have to understand everything in a story to get a story.
0: No, I agree. I think that that makes a lot of sense because I mean, like, you know, my daughter is at the moment, she's reading um, Thor, not Thor, excuse me. She's reading Conan the Barbarian for Marvel Comics. And I'm sure she doesn't get everything, but she gets most of it and she's really enjoying herself with it.
1: Yeah, you know, exactly. Um, like when I wrote our Supermom, all 12 issues, it was an all ages comic but I wrote it for both adults and kids. Yes. And by doing so, when the kids are, when they, when kids show up, they talk like kids. They don't talk like adults that are short. And I try to keep things so that they can get too complicated as, as an adult storyline. Yes. And I kept it from getting too violent or dark, but I didn't shy away from complicated topics. I mean, I, I grew up on Rudyard Kipling and treasure Island. was freaking dark. Yeah, <laughs> Tolkien is dark. Yeah. Um, complicated stories challenge you when it's too simple and too easy. It doesn't really stick. I think
0: that makes sense. So, so, so with this, you're kind of going a little bit darker and I think it's there. Um, you're, it seems like you're really enjoying yourself with the story. Uh, the Kickstarter is live right now. You've got 23 days to go. Um, so yeah, man. So, I mean, this thing looks like it's uh, it looks, it looks amazingly cute. It looks amazingly adorable. And I mean, there's some challenges to it too, but I think you're, you're really going, you're going all in on this thing and I'm rooting for you, man. This thing looks pretty great.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of these books that when people see it, they love it. I don't yeah. have to sell it at all. The hard part is getting it in front of people's eyes.
0: Yes, that's always the hard part with anything. You know that. You've been doing this for a really long time.
1: Um, and I got to say, of all the comic <laughs> people that I've run into over the years, because I think you started after me, or you were just starting about the same time.
0: Uh, I was, yeah, yeah, probably around the same time.
1: But you hustled more than anybody I know. (laughs) And that's how you got somewhere with your books.
0: Well, yeah, but I, cause I mean, you have to, like, You you know, I, like this weekend I was, I drove to Virginia beach, Virginia, to promote metal shark bro, because I mean, you have to do it, you know, like you, you have to go where people are. No one's going to promote your book better than you will. No one's going to hustle harder than you will. So like, yeah, you have to hustle to get these things out there. I mean, think about how many books are on Kickstarter right now, you know, and and you're doing an all ages book and you're not even doing an all ages comic. You're doing like a, like an old school, like illustrated book, which I think the audience for is even smaller. So I mean, you have to hustle to get something like this, <laughs> you know. So I commend you, sir. I mean, it's 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 a very brave, it's a very brave reach, and uh, I'm rooting for you. You know that.
1: Well, I'm, I'm pretty good at taking what's the worst possible way to make money and the worst, the most difficult way to tell a story, and that's what i am gone to.
0: There you go. I mean, that's the way to do it, though. I mean, if if it's not hard, it's not worth doing, you know.
1: Well, it's it's really I love doing. I mean, you come by my table and you see this incredibly range of stuff. Yes. Grown ups, little kids, fantasy, realistic, all over the edge. Dude, you you, mean, of, you, like, you, you've made,
0: like. you you've even made like card games and things of that nature. Yeah, that
1: one I kind of backed into. That was kind of a weird story. Um, I was doing handouts like. Here's my website, blah, 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 which everybody does. And after one show, I found a bunch of them on the floor. And when <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, right to, the, right to the gut. And I said, you know, if I made these things collectible, maybe they wouldn't throw them out. Yeah. And I came up with the idea of making, well, the other thing is because my main comic at that time was our super mom, and on the cover is always the mom and sometimes the kids. Mm-hmm. We had a running joke. Dad. It was always a wraparound cover and dad was always on the back. He was never on the front. But it didn't show the range of characters that I had. And you wouldn't know about that unless you actually read the book. Yes. No real way of promoting it. So I said, okay, I'm going to make a set of nine trading cards that are all various heroes in my book to show the range of heroes that I got. And I'm going to make them like Pokemon cards. Very smart. And so I figured out all the Pokemon type stats, made it look like, well, magic cards, Pokemon cards, whichever you want to call it. And got a ton of these printed up. And now more people know about my characters from the business cards than they ever have read my
0: books. Well, there you go, dude. I mean, that's a pretty smart way to go about it.
1: And I did such a good job on it because the front part was a trading card and the back part was the contact information. Mm-hmm. I did so well that I could put all nine in a, in a card sheet and sell it for two bucks. I nice. sold business cards and people that, loved it. That's awesome. Well, and then after like about a, two years of doing this, everyone asked me, well, when's the card game coming out? There was never going to be a card game. It was just a gimmick. And I kept asking, kept asking, like, well, heck, if people want a card game. I'll go make a card game. How hard could it be? It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I got into a whole nother world of publishing and printing and box design. And whew. the the card game is the most complicated thing I, I did. Um. And it's available right now through drive There you go. There you go. But the fun, one of the fun things we did is going back to about web comics, not too far down the line, I ran into a bunch of other superhero comics on the web. And they had kind of a group called Collective of Heroes. And they would all cross-promote each other. Which you know, you've heard of web rings and those kind of things. Yeah. This was like that, but more well organized. And I got into that group and they have a what they have is a widget and every week it rotates to the next comic in the in the group and everybody has the widget on their page. Okay. And if you click on it, it expands and you get more information. It shows you all the other comics. So once a week, you get featured on everybody's page. And you go from, you know, maybe a 1,000 people visit to 10,000 people visiting that week.
0: Yeah. Huge
1: jump. And they're already hero comic fans. So they're more likely to stick around. Well, I stayed with the group, and we kept getting more and more involved. We started doing free comic book day giveaways, where it was just an anthology of everybody just threw some stuff in and we put it up on drive-through comics, and then we would do. <clears throat> we started doing a Secret Santa where we would do holiday comics of each other. Okay. But one person set it up so we didn't know who the other person was. Oh, that's cool. It was it was a cute thing. Then we decided we wanted to do it for Halloween, and somebody came up with the idea we should call it Secret Satan. <laughs> and Secret Santa. All right. And after I came out with my card game, I said to the group, hey, I want to do an expansion set with all of you guys. You give me some characters and I'll put them into the card game. That's pretty- the game, the Templates and everything figured out. So I just need your art and so a little bit of description. Boom, I connect the cards. With the idea being. They'll sell cards because they're in it. Yeah. I'll sell cards because I'm in it. Uh-huh. And mutually we'll sell a whole bunch of cards. And it didn't work.
0: <laughs> that was a really long story for, yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, it didn't like, work. You would have read that story. didn't work, but will, <laughs> that's a whole other It was time. a great <laughs> idea. It it's, not, it's not the worst idea ever, but I mean, it does. I mean. The it,
1: expansion set looks really cool. And everybody loved to see their, to see their characters in <laughs> a card game. But it just back. yeah but none of them wanted to go sell cards
0: yeah well i mean it's hard enough to sell comics so selling cards can be pretty tough too but uh yeah the kickstarter is live right now uh i just backed the kickstarter it's called anthony fox does not believe in ghosts um you can go to kickstarter right now you can check that out scott it's a pleasure to have you on man thank you so much everybody's rooting for you you're a good dude you've been doing this a long time and uh we hope your book takes off my friend
1: and congrats on metal shark bro
0: well it's not about me scott this is about you and all the things you're working on but yes thank you we're, we're trying man we're trying just like you it's a grind and it never ends and i, I game respects games that's why we're, that's another reason why we're having you on the pod so thank you very much and we'll talk to you soon thanks much you're listening to the word bros podcast the word